Hey people, it's another Thursday up in here. We are here again back with the conversation. It's outspoken, it's opinionated. We are here celebrating Liberia. This is Liberia Excellence, hashtag LIB Takeover 2021. For my Liberian people out there, how you guys doing? I say thank you for coming here, for joining us again this evening. We are still celebrating Liberia. If you uh, have been on our Instagram page and our Facebook page and had the opportunity of watching that amazing video, you already know that it's going to be serious because we have the amazing Don Padmore who's going to be here with us today and just give us an idea of what it is to be in the music world and all that she has done and everything that she has achieved over the years. And as a Liberian, if you guys haven't realized that we are celebrating Liberian excellence. And so that is an, she is an amazing example of what Liberian excellence is. And this is why we have her here on our platform. Again, I tell you guys, follow us on Instagram, The Conversation, on YouTube, The Conversation, Outspoken and Opinionated, and also on Facebook, The Conversation, Outspoken and Opinionated. And if you guys did not know that, we are on Spotify. So we've been had an opportunity to start this little thing with Spotify. We are on Spotify. You can Google if you like my voice and you want to hear me. You can go to Spotify. We are there. And to all my um, viewers who have started to trigger in, I say welcome again to The Conversation. And what I'm going to do, I'm just going to go straight ahead and just bring uh, Miss Padmore into the broadcast. So there you guys go. Hey, welcome. Thank you. It's lovely to be here. How are you doing? We are so excited to have you. We say welcome to the conversation. It is outspoken and opinionated. Whatever it is that you want to say, you can say it. And we awesome. try hard not to filter. Sounds <laughs> <laughs> good. Good. But this is Liberia Excellence. And we are so honored that you accepted our invitation. You're going to spend an hour with us. We are highly appreciative, appreciative of this. And we said thank you for being part of our Liberia Independence Celebration and our LIB Takeover 2021. Love it. That Thank one you. I had to say in Liberian English. <laughs> <laughs> it's great to be here. Thanks for including me. Good, 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 good. So let's tell the people who you are and what you do, because I don't mm -hmm. I don't think I can do as much justice as it's supposed to be, as it's supposed to be. Sure, of course. So my name is Dawn Padmore. And a lot of people know me as Macy Padmore, not to be confused with Macy Dunbar, the amazing uh, uh, makeup producer and um, artist. I'm Dawn Padmore. I am from Liberia, West Africa. I am a classical singer. I have two careers going, classical singer, which I think is the main reason I'm here tonight. And I also, I uh, just started a new gig with this organization called the James Beard Foundation. I'm the VP of awards of their awards program. Oh, it's a national program in the culinary arts and the food media. But let's talk about singing. Oh, wow. That's yes. amazing. That's I'm New York based, but I've been in North Carolina uh, at my parents' place since uh, May of last year. So it's my COVID home. <laughs> Good. So you so, and that's one thing I was going I was going to ask you about COVID. So let's let's talk about COVID. So sure. have you gotten a vaccine? Are you gonna get it? Of course I have the vaccine. Good. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> 
Good. Yes. 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 I've had a vaccine since I since April since some of us were you know eligible to get it. Uh -huh. um, as you know, EJ, my sister uh, Sunda is a doctor, so you know, yeah. and then the brothers-in-law are a scientist, so we can't be hanging out without. No. Yeah, that's how it was. Everybody in my house, let's go. Yep. Sign up, get your vaccine. But that's great. Yeah. So, how was quarantine? Um, well, it's weird. So when quarant when when COVID really started to hit and people started to pay attention, New York's in New York City, mm -hmm. I left in early March, um, early to mid March. Um, I was I had like a one week vacation, and I was just gonna hang out there, right? I was like, oh, I'll just stay. What's the big deal? I'll just stay in town, right? And then. Uh, my sisters were like, no, you should come to one of us. It'll be nice. Even if it's a short vacation, just come. Mm. And I did. And then I never went back. <laughs> so I went to one of my sisters in uh, St. Louis. I was there for like two months. And then, as you know, my dad was uh, sick. And so I came down to North Carolina to help out with uh, to help him and my mother. And I've been here since then. So I've had wow. spent my entire the entire year of COVID-19 out of New York City, though I did go back in May of this okay. year to record a show. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Okay. So I was going to ask you, so do you think that you have had this much time with family if COVID had not happened? No, absolutely not. I would be in New York and doing my thing as we do, being really busy and distracted with life. I mean, we, you know, I talk to my family immediate family pretty regularly, but no, there's absolutely no way. So, you know, COVID has been devastating to so many people, as you know, in terms of loss of life, loss of income, mm -hmm. you know, uh, mental uh, challenges, because I mean, it's just been really hard. Yeah. Uh, physical challenges, if you had it and you survived, um, so many things, you know, and, but it had a silver lining in a way because uh, as it was, my dad was at the end of his life and I got to spend almost an entire year with him. And, you know, he was a real jazz head, as you know. Mm -hmm. And uh, we had a lot of sessions together, sitting Amazing. around, keeping his company, listening to music and talking, you know, me singing songs along with the stuff we were playing on Alexa. I mean, it's pretty amazing to have that experience, so. And that's great. And I tell you, I know my music experience comes from my mom and her music experience comes from your dad. Right. So it, yeah. So that's, I, I listen to everything. So when I go places and people, I'm like, oh, I know that song. Right. You know that song? I'm like, oh, my mom, she, that's all we do. We just listen to music in the house. We didn't really watch that much TV, but we listen to a lot of music. A lot right of now. music. Yeah. yeah. And so I wanted to ask you about, so, I've been trying my best to do this, but it can't work for me. And I heard, you know, I've been watching. So I finally agreed for my son to download TikTok on his iPad. <laughs> That's the only place he can have it at. And so all the entertainers and all the musicians and everybody have these amazing videos. So did you record a TikTok video? Well, let me tell you my TikTok experience. <laughs> First of all, I think it's a great platform. It's fantastic, okay. uh, a wonderful additional leg for marketing uh, for any organization, any person, you know, any kind of brand. So I think it's great. Um, 
but a lot of my experience started out in with one of my nieces and you know she was like getting into tiktok you know being online more much to the chagrin of her parents and so <laughs> we did a dance together it was actually pretty cute she was trying to show me some of the moves and i'm like eh, whatever i'll just do what i want to do and then the girls down here in north carolina ellie in particular my uh the second niece she is constantly creating tiktok videos so i'm like oh what the heck so i created a tiktok account i actually have one i have like negligible followers so i won't even say the number because it's embarrassing because they're like you're old what are you doing on tiktok <laughs> so the best thing i could do was um i had them create a sort of tiktok ish if you can even say that like promotional couple of promotional videos so they did that for me and then i got on it myself and i took some like clips from a rehearsal i think that i had uh -huh. and added some overlay of like burn a boy or something like that and just mixed some things together it was really kind of fun actually and then i took the same video that you used to promote our talk to, to, to tonight i took that and i like overlaid overlaid some other music on top of it wow. just to kind of create a mix. I'm no TikTok person, but there you go. I can't figure but, out the dances though. Ah, no, way. you see that? Yeah, I've, I've tried. I've tried. There was one dance I tried to do and I just yeah. dropped on the ground and my son, he gets really frustrated because he, all his friends say that I'm a cool dad. And right. he, just, he said, you're not a cool dad. You're not you're cool. Cool. And I'm like, your friends see I'm cool. He's like, no, you're not cool at all because you can't do nothing. But yeah, and so, so um, you know, with uh, um, the quarantine and everybody inside, we've had the opportunity to be with families. Some people yeah. started um, their own businesses. Some people have some different hobbies. So is there something that you did during the quarantine, like a new hobby or anything new apart from TikTok? <laughs> well, let's see. What, is, what have I done? Hmm. I mean, honestly, I listen to a lot of music uh, with awesome. my dad. Um, and I prepared an entire show. Mm. Uh, I prepared a couple of other gigs all online. I mean, I'm sure if you talk to other musicians uh, or anybody in the creative arts, we just sort of figure out a way to make it work, right? Yes. Um, one of the one of the one project that I did have that was really, really fun. Um, I was a guest host for a series of interviews on this platform called Black Food Folks, okay. created by uh, colleagues and friends of mine, uh, Clay Williams, who's a photographer, and we worked on projects together before, and Colleen Vincent, who also works at the James Beard Foundation, but we've, mm -hmm. you know, we've all known each other for a while. And it's just an amazing platform that features Black people in food. Mm -hmm. Um, so I, I, I did that for a while and I really, I really enjoyed it, um, because I brought in folks who are, you know, pretty heavy hitters in their industries, um, who you don't necessarily see on these kind of interviews as much yeah. from other people, but that was really cool. That was fun. I got to put on makeup for my, for my things and that's always cool. <laughs> Um, but, it, but, but actually I think the most fun, that was fun. And the other fun thing that I did was, you know, prepare for the show that's coming up, uh, mm -hmm. starting this weekend, oh. um, plus additional gigs. So there was one gig where I had to record this really, really old, like early music, we would call it classical music, right? In that mm -hmm. genre, this beautiful aria. I was working with somebody who played like a pianoforte, like an old, like an older, sort of version of a piano. Okay. 
And then they sent me the recording. Then I had to listen to it and then record, you know, sing over it and what have you. And I needed to work on a couple of things like language stuff and just general what we would call coaching. Okay. And I worked with a coach in Israel and wow. I worked with another one in Italy. So that was really fun. I was working yeah. with my voice teacher and like two other people. And I think you find that when you talk to you know musicians like me, I suppose, you really get to expand what you're doing in terms of the, the repertoire that you're learning, or you can if you want to. And you get to work with people no matter where they are. Like I worked with my teacher and he was for most of the year in Amsterdam. Wow. And we never missed a beat and my coach stayed in New York. I mean, he traveled to do other gigs, but so mm. it was really, it was great. Like, I guess what I'm saying is you realize you have access to so many more people because you don't have a choice. No. And I like that. And it's, it's funny because I was just having a conversation with somebody the other day where we had to do something in house, but then the person really they didn't know that I was supposed to be in house. And so the person actually was in a different state and he, he called, he said, I'm like, it's fine. Yeah. You got Zoom? That's okay. exactly. I'm like, that's the norm. Like, it's fine. You don't have to be in person. We can do this thing. We don't need you to be in person. We can do it and you can record it and all that stuff. And yeah. so I think that has given all of us, because before that, I knew there were people who Skype was an enemy for them. Basic yeah. Skype. FaceTime was horrible for them. And so now I think everybody has moved into this new uh, technology era where it's just like, it's the new norm. But we're going to move now into your amazing, amazing career. And so I want to tell the people, because what I want to talk about first is my, we're family, but I've never heard you sing until my dad pressured me to, that time he wanted me to move back to Liberia. Yeah. And it was Ellen Johnson's inauguration. Yeah. And they're reading, the, I see the program and I see your name, it still doesn't click to me. <laughs> Don't click to me. And then you sing. And I'm like, Daddy, I know her. I know who she is. <laughs> and so I really want to go for me. That was an amazing for me. That was an amazing experience for me. I've never had the opportunity to be in such a high profile, attend a high profile event before. It's never happened to me before. And so it was really, it, it was like the protocol was way too much for me. I was like, okay, this is not the life I can do with this. But I want to ask you how. Was it when you first got the call or an email or how that whole process worked for you to do sure. that? Well, um, it started actually in New York. So I had been invited uh, to sing for kind of like, I don't know, it's like a fundraiser or special events, you know, when she was still sort of like on the trail and, oh, okay. you know, stomping uh, uh, for the, for being president. And so they had this reception for her in the city and I was asked to sing and I went in and I sang, I, I, sang, I, don't, even, I don't even remember what I sang, but I sang something. She didn't know me by looking at me for sure. Um, but once I sang and they introduced me, um, you know, after the thing was finished, I went to say hello. And she was like, oh my goodness. Oh, I've heard so much about you. Sing at my inauguration. I was like, absolutely. <laughs> Why would I say no? Exactly. Are you kidding so me? That was pretty cool. I was really excited. I mean, yeah, we were the first woman president of Liberia. I mean, how powerful is that? Yeah. And so um, I, I got a follow-up call from, I can't remember now, I think her chief of protocol or something. Uh, and then we just planned. And here's the crazy thing, right? I had a gig in the city, in New York, um, that was like, 
two days, maybe two to three days before the actual inauguration. Oh, wow. And I had already had that lined up. And it was, you know, pretty high profile. For me, it was a high profile uh, performance. And I was going to be performing uh, this beautiful piece for a voice and I think like a string quartet or quintet, I don't remember now, by a South African composer that I had worked with before, you know, and the critics were coming, all that kind of thing. So I'm like, oh, oh my God, what am I going to do? I got to do it. I was like, let's get, let's get going. So I flew to Liberia. I hadn't been there. Gosh. I don't remember, but like for a while, for like, yeah. you know how a lot of people go every year or every yeah, uh-huh. That was not me, right? I was like, I can't afford to be like flying to Liberia every year. Like, no, that's not gonna work. So I hadn't gone for a while and I ended up staying with my friend Willa, uh, which was, oh, was it with Willa? Anyway, I stayed with some friends and uh, yeah, there I was. I went in for a rehearsal that morning and you know, it was so funny. So when you travel, you know, it's drying to your vocal cords. So I have to be careful. I travel with special water. Um, I can't remember what it's called, but if you saw the bottle, you would know. It has like electrolytes or something in it, right? Oh, okay. So I like travel with something like that. lots of water. And, you know, I've had, had experience singing in tropical places. So I was, you know, I was good with that. You have to just be prepared for things like extra humidity. Mm-hmm. Um, and when you're in the tropics, mold that you're just not thinking about, you know, in the air conditioners, you oh, know, wow. it can it can it can really affect your 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 cords. Um, you know how like you'll go somewhere and you start sneezing. I mean, as yeah. easy as it is, right? So stuff can get be swollen or whatever. So I was ready for kind of sort of ready for all of that. It was hot and it was <laughs> and there was mold <laughs> that I wasn't used to. But I got through it, it was fine. So I remember going to the rehearsal. And then for the big day, there was a guy that I think somebody coordinated for him to play, to be my accompanist. Mm-hmm. Morning comes, I show up at the Capitol building, I think it yeah. was. I warmed up, you know, got myself ready and I can't make it. He had some kind of car trouble or something like that. And he couldn't make it. I mean, you know, it was genuine problems. So I was like, oh my God. Right now, but whatever. Um, Somebody was already there playing with a choir, I think, that also sang. And so he Mm -hmm. just went ahead and played, and I was in charge of singing the national anthem. Yeah. And I did. I think one of the coolest experiences during that day was when all of the dignitaries, of course, started to come up. And at the time, of course, Bush was president and Condoleezza Rice was, you know, in the part of that administration. And, you know, some of us saw some a little sometimey about her. Yeah. But what was cool was it was she was arriving out of context, really, of U.S. politics to a certain degree. And I think there was so much. Um, how can I put this? Um so much of you know the power of a woman, like the market women or just women in general, in the air, in the atmosphere. When she walked in with a bunch of other folks, I can't remember now who it was, who, who came with her anymore, but people were cheering. And I thought, oh, that's right, she's a girl, how fabulous. <laughs> <laughs> it was really cool, that was neat. And of course, being on stage and uh, I mean, 
singing the national anthem for our first woman president, having all these cameras. It, you know, I was in my element. It was really, really cool. It was fun to be able to offer my voice mm -hmm. in that manner. I was very, very honored, very humbled by the experience. Yeah, and just my experience, I think it was, um, for me, it was just, I've never seen, like you said, it's a girl. <laughs> like that's a woman, like I've never that's seen cool. that. So for me, it was yeah. like super, it was just powerful. Yeah. It was, it was powerful, it was like all the women that, like the market women that was on the road and all these women that was in a red, white and blue uh, um, attire. And it was just, it was an experience. Like it's I remember nice. coming back to the States and like everybody I met, I'm like, oh my God, I, like you, you there's an understanding. And it was, it was powerful. It was extremely powerful. And I remember like, yeah, I'm going to pack my bags and move back to Liberia. And that didn't happen. Well, you know. <laughs> yeah, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I know. Yeah, yeah but you see, and then I've looked at it, and so for it's like you going to Liberia, you're having a great experience. Did you have time to do anything outside of preparing and doing everything for that inauguration? I did. It was great. Uh, my friend uh, took me around. My friend Willa took me around. We drove, drove through the city, mm -hmm. and I think she arranged for me to go and visit uh, my childhood home. Okay. It was a very bizarre experience. First of all, they had built on top of the house, so it was oh. different. And it looked different and it felt different. It was a very uh, out-of-body experience. I still remember it very well. It was emotional, of course, mm -hmm. and sad a little bit, you know? I think... Um, hmm, it was interesting. It was weird for it to not be my be our house. I mean, I knew yeah. it was our house, you know, and that's cool. And it was weird to be in 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 my own country, and feel like, oh, I don't really feel like I belong anywhere. Wow. Uh, it was a really weird experience in that way. However, however, I'll say this much, um, and I say that because you know so much had changed since yes. when I lived there. But, but I will say this, when I got back, I was talking to a girlfriend of mine, Arifka, she was like, how was it for you? And I don't know if it was because of whatever was going on at that time, but regardless of all of the things I just said and the things that I felt, I remember saying to her, I felt like I was fully in my skin for the first time in a long time. So even though, you know, I mean, I remembered you know, all the different neighborhoods and places that I saw, but it felt different. You know, a lot of people, I didn't know who they were. They did, probably didn't know my name or whatever. Um, I still felt much more like fully 100% in my skin. And that is interesting. And I like that you said that because this is, I tell people all the time, living in, born, raised, living in Liberia and come in America for college. I didn't, I didn't realize I was black until I came here. Oh, I was like, oh, oh, for real? Oh, okay, yeah. So there is a difference because it's like you grew up with our black people. The other, the yeah. most white people that we had was like people from Lebanon or you foreigners. know, they're foreigners. So they were foreigners. They was like, okay, red didn't care. So I come here. I was like, oh, I'm black. Oh, okay, now I get it. And so that was a great experience. You have had an opportunity to meet some amazing people. Um, Desmond Tutu. Yeah. That is one of my <laughs> idols. That's somebody I've looked up to since I was a child. Mm -hmm. I I watch YouTube videos about him. Like that is mm -hmm. like, how was that experience? 
Well, so that was a really cool experience. It was, uh, I sang at this, I don't even remember what it was. I was a part of a big youth, something or another conference in Minneapolis. And he, of course, was the special guest and honoree. I didn't really have a lot of interaction with him, uh, honestly. Um, He was backstage. You know, I was introduced to him, of course, and said, hello, it's an honor to meet you and all of that. But, you know, I went in, I sang, and I, that was it, and I left. But it was cool. I mean, yeah. you know, I don't know many people get that opportunity to meet no. someone of that stature. So was, that was pretty neat. And that's where, and so, you know, um, I wanted to ask you about, because a lot of us, you know, we see, you know, see classical music and some, some people listen to, you know, R&B, hip hop and all that kind of sure. stuff. So when we talk about classical music, what is, what, what's the, what's the word I can't even find? How do you differentiate classical music from other genres of music? Oh gosh. Well, hmm. Well, I mean, I guess, hmm. Well, I think it's just more like a style, like, you know, like everything else. So it's, you know, it's defined generally as quote unquote art music. Okay. That's really based in the Western tradition of Western culture and Western music. Um, Generally considered to have begun in Europe, um, that kind of thing, like, they say after the fall of the uh, Roman Empire. I don't know if that's a hundred percent true, but you know it's been around since like at least the fifteen hundreds. Oh wow! Um, I can talk to you a little bit about um, the well. So anyway, so that's what it is. But so many other genres of music, you know, started in the West, and of course, a lot of it started in the East and in other in our part of the world. And of course, many of them have commingled because of the history of the, of, of the world uh, and history of so many uh, countries and have blossomed into other types of genres. You know, for example, also uh, we talk about classical music, but, I'm sh- but at, after a certain point, they all had influences oh, okay. by what they came across, I am sure, in Africa, for instance, and probably parts of Asia. Uh, you know, our our influence is all over the globe, as you know. Um, so there were early composers who were Black from way, way, way back. You just don't hear about them as much. Mm-hmm. Now, for me, I was, um, the first genre of music that I was exposed to, as you know, was jazz. Yes. Because of my father. And... Um, they, we had a piano in the house, and uh, I would apparently I would walk up to it and sort of like plunk around because he would plunk around just sort of improvise. Mm. And so they started uh, by giving me um, piano lessons by this guy from The Voice of America, Mr. Dale. He was my first teacher. He'd come to the house and teach me how to play piano, but it was all based in uh, the classical technique, classical oh, music. Okay, that's how I started uh, started learning music. Um, and then when I got into uh, I guess junior high, when we moved to the US, I was in junior high and I joined the church choir. So again, that was all like classical music. So all my training has been like classical, classically based. Okay. Yeah, so when, and then when I went to undergraduate, I started to take voice lessons. And of course that's based in classical, in the classical technique. Mm -hmm. So we, 
I would say we know how to make a lot of sound <laughs> that comes out of the body without any enhancements. And I was so I was going to ask you. I like since you you brought it up. I was going to ask you about your experience. Um, was there any walk into a room and you're like, okay, I'm trying. You know, I'm studying classical music, but there are people that in this room don't look like me. Did you have oh, those kind of experiences? Well, uh, let's see. Let me think about this. I don't. Not exactly. So. You know, we are Episcopalian, as you know. Yeah. <laughs> and so, uh, so we sang in, the, in in an Episcopalian church. Our church was pretty mixed for the most part. So, you mm -hmm. know, the kids in the choir were like white and black and brown. Um, and then when I went to school, when I went to university, most of the people, most of the singers, not all, but most of them who were studying privately were white. I didn't think about it because I think okay. I didn't think about it too too much. I just sort of was like, okay, you know, it's this is a genre of music. I mean, I knew about famous singers that were black. So I already was aware of black classical artists. Mm -hmm. That was Leontine Price. Well, the one that I knew about before all of this was Jesse Norman and then Leontine Price, Kathleen Battle, Marian Anderson, and so many others that I didn't know about at the time. But, you know, I knew about them. So as I came up in the genre in undergraduate, I would sit in the library, the music library, I had a little gig there, and I would read through all the opera news magazines. And of course, you know, they were older. So all the divas were in there. And some of them were Black people. Grace Bunbury was another one, Shirley Barrett. So I had, I mean, I saw them and I knew they were there and I knew that their impact in opera was pretty significant. And that was pretty cool. And then, you know, I mean, and I, I just never thought about it. I just figured, well, I can sing, you know, and that's it. I didn't stop to think about living and breathing barriers that, was, yes. that I would face. <laughs> I'm just saying. <laughs> and that's, and since we're talking about it, could that be based on your upbringing? You have an opportunity so. of, you know, being exposed to a lot of other great things that it was just like, this is part of life and I would just walk in yeah. and see what it is. I think so. I think so. You know, look, I I, I want to go back to what you said. Like, you know, you came to the sins, you were like, oh, okay, I'm black. Yeah. yeah. All right. I got that. Um, my experience was that I remember we were kids and one, I think for like a week or so, we were, my dad was making some tape of Roots. You know Roots, right? Yes. Alex Haley's Roots. Just yes. check. You know, you are younger than I am. Just check. No, but I know. it. I did it in music school, in music class. Because <laughs> I took jazz in. I, I no, 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 no. Not jazz. Not, I'm not talking about Roots music. Movie? Movie. I'm talking about the show. The, the show, movie. the movie Roots. Yeah, the series. Yeah, the series Roots. Oh, yeah. okay. Okay. The original one, not the remake. Okay. The original. Okay. And... I just remember having to watch the things to make to make sure the videos wouldn't run, like the little old-fashioned video thingies wouldn't run out. Oh, okay. And, and it was probably the first time I felt like depressed because it was so intense, and I was like watching it alone without any like you know parent to kind of like talk me through you know what was happening. Yeah. Um. So I was aware of my 
Blackness, I suppose, but not really. And I think that when we move to the United States um, to live, which is very different from visiting, you know, for the summer and shopping in New York or what have you, um, it was like, oh, this is this is like they're real, real fast. And we moved to a state that had just started busing, and we were in the burbs, ish burbs, and it was really not fun. I didn't belong to anybody. You know, the white kids dismissed me for the most part. The black kids were like, she's different. She's from Africa, that kind of thing. It was terrible. Like, it sucked completely. The teachers liked me because I was like goody two-shoe. Um, <laughs> it's true. And then, you know, I was there for like a year, and then we moved to a Quaker school. At least Shirley and I moved to a, a friend's, one of the friend's schools. And that was much better for me. Um, it was a smaller, you know, smaller classroom, different kind of environment. They're Quakers. I mean, how can you not like Quakers? Um, and I didn't have to deal with all of that, but I didn't realize some of the sort of quieter I think it's racism or biases that I was probably facing. Not for all the teachers. A lot of them yeah. were like very open-minded people, but yeah. So yeah, that that's real when you're like, okay, I'm black. Yeah. Somebody just called me the N word. Wow. That's deep. Yeah. That's um, Yes. Yeah, so I guess, anyway, I don't feel like I'm answering your question, but yes, it definitely had an influence on me. Um, I was definitely aware of my blackness and going into the classical arts. I was very much aware of all of that. So I know we talk about some of your experiences, but I, you know, we see that you traveled the world, you sang in some amazing countries and all that kind of stuff. What was the best experience that you've had while on tour or doing a festival? Where was one of you sat down and be like, yeah, I made it. I have some pretty cool, I have had some cool experiences. I'm very lucky. I've sung, as you say, in various countries, places, including including the islands. Not guess mm -hmm. better than, I mean, that's pretty fabulous when you get to sing on one of those Caribbean islands and like chill in that beautiful weather. So that's, yes. yeah. oh my God. Um, I would say that uh, two highlights, I probably have more, but the ones that stick out to me was uh, I was invited to participate in this festival of sacred and secular music. So it was mostly classical, Ooh. I think. Okay. Um, and it was in Martinique. Okay. Never and Martinique, the islands, Fort de, you know, Fort de France, and uh, I can't remember the name of the other island right now. But Martinique is a French-speaking okay. island. So it's French-speaking islands, multiple islands. It is absolutely gorgeous. They have like the black beaches with a you know volcanic sand, and then these like crystal, crazy-looking, clear sand—not clear, but like really, really white sand. Mm -hmm. Beautiful people. I mean, just a beautiful place. Um, we had so much fun. I went with my sister, Shirley. She was my, she called herself baggage carrier. She just went to hang out with me. Yeah. <laughs> and the director of the festival just loved her. So we got extra VIP treatment. There you go. <laughs> and that That's what fabulous. you do. That's what I'm talking about. That was yes. fabulous. Um, I think it was such a great experience because here I am, uh, an American, Liberian American, and my uh, 
colleague, Daryl Hollister, is an amazing, fabulous pianist. Um, there he was, African-American, um, I'm African-American, African, and here we are on this island and singing for our own people, you know, from the dia diaspora and singing actually a lot of music written by African composers, which is a niche that I kind of sort of fell upon by mistake and really got me most of my gigs in my career. It's just, it's amazing. So I'm gonna digress a little bit. Mm -hmm. Singing this music has made me feel much more in my skin. I was just a part of this uh, seminar. We talked a little bit about that, but anyway, I digress. So it was really, really cool. That was one of my favorite experiences. Um, the night of our show, we were like the main event, which was also exhilarating. Oh, that's amazing. And, People really, people took to that music so beautifully. We got a standing ovation. The music got a standing ovation. And then of course we were swept away and <laughs> spoiled for the rest of the just time. VIP, just treatment. All VIP experience. Totally, yes. I was totally, I was down for all of that. And then the other experience that I had was, um, I was invited to this weekend of fundraising um, for a school that was, I think supposed to be built in Liberia. And that was fabulous in, in uh, Mallorca in Spain. Okay. I had never been to Spain. It was Ooh. absolutely gorgeous. And everybody that was hanging out that weekend, I, all I can tell you is they had a picnic and everybody parked their yachts. And that was my favorite part oh, of the okay. weekend. Yeah, you, you are with the big boys because I, I you are with the real big boys. You mean they ain't even coming cars? Everybody was saying they were fucking at yards. Oh, it yeah. was not easy. Yeah, I, 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 I hope I they finish. It finish. <laughs> it was fabulous, and all I had to do was sing a show. It was really, really funny. So, so I was with uh, my longtime friend and coach Lynn, and she went with us. She went with me, and and she played for me. And so, like, we have this trip, and it's like amazing. And then we get back to like I think we flew out of. Was it JFK? I don't know. It doesn't really matter. We were waiting for the tram to come to take us to like the taxis, right? And we, it was so funny. We literally were standing there and as if we were like sharing thoughts, we looked at each other and we're like, did that just happen? <laughs> like, <laughs> yep. Seriously? And we were like, yes, it did. It was really great. It was like the best gig ever. <laughs> That's amazing. That's amazing. And so, you know, um, like you and all, a lot of other musicians, a lot of other entertainers, you, um, you know, you meet amazing people. And so there are people you meet, the work, but I want to ask you, is there somebody that you like, I need to collaborate with? And if I collaborate with this person, this is going to be amazing. Well, I have dream collaborations. Okay, um, there you go. How's that? I have met my, I, I would say my, it's a long time dream collaboration. And that is with Baba Mal. Do you know who Baba Mal is? No, I do not. Baba Mal is a Senegalese musician. Okay. He is a singer and I think, I don't know, he's a singer and his voice is gorgeous. It's very unusual. It's very nasal sounding. Uh, and he was not from a, like a griot family, right? So for him to become a musician was like a big deal. Okay. I was introduced to him by our, by our mutual cousin Kuna, uh, Talbert Karras, who, who 
she and her husband listened to his music. I had never heard of him. And this was like when I was the early, my early days in New York. And he has um, a record called Bio, B-A-A-Y-O. And it's probably one of my favorite uh, albums of all time. His music is soulful. It's very roots, for at least Senegalese roots anyway, uh, sounding very authentic very traditional sounding, almost like he's praying the entire time. It wow. is absolutely gorgeous. He's an amazing musician and I've always dreamed of collaborating with somebody like him. That's you know? amazing. Him and Umu Sangare, who is a tremendous singer. You gotta listen to her. Okay. I'm gonna go back to the recording and get all these people names, but you have some amazing things coming up. You did some, you've done some amazing things. And so I wanted, so we will read, I want to know what's happening, what's coming up for Miss Don Padmo with all the great music that's about to happen. All right. Well, now I got to look for it and get all the right dates to tell you. Yeah. Have this oh, but they, they, like I said, you guys, you need to check her out. Go to her page, go oh. on YouTube. You're, Thank that you. Girl, clip we got on Instagram. Now there are more to come. Oh, let's talk about that song. Thank you for okay. putting that clip up. I really appreciate it. So um, I'll t I think we have time to do this, right? Mm -hmm. So, okay, good. So like I mentioned a few minutes ago, um, I really found a niche in singing a music, art music, uh, and uh, in some cases, traditional music set really within the context of what we would call art music, basically yeah. before you know, that you would do in like a recital hall or whatever. Um, I came across it by accident. I found these six Yoruba songs by uh, somebody, a, a man named Akin Yuba. He was a professor, a scholar, composer. I mean, really, truly a wonderful person and really shaped the, uh, changed the path of what I was pursuing, which was like straight all opera, you know, auditioning and you know, getting stuff, not getting a lot of stuff, which is normal, you know? Yeah. Um, and I found this niche and I thought, ooh, yeah, it's, it, it was, they were traditional songs and he had set them to voice and music and he introduced me to another composer uh, whose songs he sent to me as well. And so I started out singing like in Igbo, Yoruba, and then I moved to Twi. And then I went to South Africa and I sang in like four different languages because I met composers there. Uh, and then eventually I was introduced to Princess Hawa Daisy Moore, who is one of our national treasures. If your uh, viewers out there don't know who she is, you should. She is a composer and she also has sung and arranged uh, what we would consider our you know, own traditional music in the language of Phi, which as you know, uh, we have some of that, our five blood in us, yes. right? Mm -hmm. And I wrote to her, I might've called her, I don't remember. She's a generous, wonderful woman. And she sent me two of her songs, including the one Mayomo Bendu that, that, mm -hmm. you, that I've performed for a while now. So I got them on like a cassette and she sent me the words and, you know, got them translated. And then I, I spoke with a composer friend of mine who arranged them for vocals and piano, because normally she probably would have performed them with other types of instruments. Okay. And so I've been singing those since then. So I just wanted to make sure I mentioned something about that clip and something about her and how important she is 
to the music landscape of Liberia. Very important, Princess Daisy Moore. And I think I, I don't know, you did a performance in Maryland at Episcopal Church a while back. You, I can't, yeah, it was somewhere in Silver Spring. And I think you did those songs. I might have. Yeah, it's you possible. did those songs. I remember, I remember going to that performance and I remember you doing that song. Yep, I've been yeah. performing these songs for a while. But we yeah. were talking about that. What were we talking about? And I got all on You were track. talking about your, um, what's about to happen. You about oh, to yes. the show, oh. the things you're about to do. Uh-uh, you, can, you, oh, you cannot forget about that. <laughs> I won't, trust me. So, well, this is really cool. So. Um, I hope this doesn't blast your ears. Let me turn the sound down. Mm -hmm. Oh, there we go. So two organizations that are collaborating on this intercultural music initiative and um, AMA, which is another uh, music organization based in St. Louis, Missouri. Um, okay. It's led by a gentleman named Fred O. Don't ask me to say his full name. He's a composer and he's, I believe, the director of one of the organizations. And they're putting together a multi-week celebration of a really important scholar, professor, and composer, Kwabena Inkatia, who passed away a few years ago. He was like a hundred when he passed away. Oh, wow. um, but this is somebody who, you know, whose music I, I've sung over the years. And he invited me to collaborate with uh, the pianist I mentioned earlier, Daryl Hollister, uh, on a few songs. And so it's all virtual and it's been going on since like June. And so on Saturday, the 17th at, let's see here. Oh dear. 6.30 UTC for all of okay. us international people. It's like 2.30, you know, Eastern. Um, we'll be performing two songs. So you'll get to hear me and Daryl uh, perform. Virtually, of course. I'm in one okay. box, he's in the other box. <laughs> That's coming up. And then this weekend, remember we were talking about what did you do, do during quarantine? Yeah, I quarantine. learned a new program. Exactly. exactly. I learned an entire program um, of cabaret songs. Um, my voice teacher's name is Iris Siff, and my current coach and pianist is Brian Holman. And Ira is he's an amazing teacher. First of all, he really got me to like free up my voice and do all these great things. And he also didn't put any sort of like judgment on the genres of music that I would sing, whatever makes the voice work. Awesome. Yes. So he introduced me to the music of the singer. Her name was Mabel Mercer, is Mabel Mercer. She's passed away for some time. And she had a pretty serious following, including people like Frank Sinatra and Leontine Price, the great American soprano, African-American soprano, thank you, opera star, mm -hmm. um, would just listen to her to like listen to her style, her way of phrasing. And, you know, a lot of her recordings are in the older part of her, latter part of her life. And so she, maybe the voice was not as fresh as it might have been when she was younger, but her phrasing and the way she interpreted it is like, I mean, you know top-notch. And I fell in love with her immediately. I'm like, oh, we should do a, a, a show of like her music or, you know, music that like would celebrate her. And so we started working on that. And it's like the first time I've done what one would call cabaret music, which is like in a small setting. Um, it's jazz-ish. Uh, it's a singer and a pianist. 
right? Okay. Not really a lot of other instruments involved. So that show we recorded at a place called Pangea Supper Club on the Lower East Side in Manhattan. Uh, Brian and I have performed there before. We did a really cool show there like two or three years ago. So we returned and that's why I went back to New York in May to record with them. Um, and the show will be streamed from Pangea's uh, website, I believe. I'll, I'll be putting all of this on my on Facebook and Instagram. Uh, it's ticketed. Thank you very much uh, yes. for supporting artists. Uh, but it'll be on for two full weeks. And you can get a single ticket. You can get a ticket for four. You can, up to like a watch party for eight people. And I'm hoping oh, that wow. you, my dear, will... Uh, There's a watch party happening. A watch party on one of those nights. Yes. But it's all cabaret music, and I sing some of her the songs that she was famous for, and it's all dedicated to my father, Arthur Patton. There's a watch. I'm having a watch party. <laughs> I'm having a watch party. I'm gonna get. I'm, I'm like, come on, come here, come to my house. Let's sit down and watch. That's right. It's yep. gonna be fun. It's fun. I really enjoyed the. Sh I really enjoyed preparing for this show. I, I enjoyed it completely. And speaking of COVID silver linings, I actually got the chance to sit right right here where the room that I'm in and sing the entire show for Daddy. Wow. Yeah, That's and of course amazing. at one point he was like, "It was amazing." At one point he was like, "What's with all these old songs?" <laughs> pretty amazing uh, musicians. And Brian Holman is like one of the most sensitive uh, pianists. He clearly works with a lot of singers, same, same with my other two friends that I've mentioned, but I, I am currently working with him a lot. And it's really, a, it was a really cool collaboration. Great. And so let me just tell you what you did when you talked about Nigeria, Igbo, and Yoruba. So all the Nigerians Nigerians that are watching are super excited. They say this all the time. They're, what they tell me is there is nothing I can do. Basically, they told me I'm Nigerian. Because they're like, you're Nigerian. Like, everything, you're Nigerian. So now, once somebody is saying, we told you you're Nigerian. So they're like super excited. There was, some, there was one person here who said that their love for classical music started with Antonin Dvorak. Oh, Antonia Dvorak, Dvorak, yes. Dvorak, yes. Symphony number eight in G major. And oh, she's amazing. Nigerian. And she oh, said, right. oh, where classical music started. And another person said, yes, um, yes, Nigeria all the way. We know that you enjoy your songs. <laughs> oh, that's, so that's, cool. that's Yeah, that's my Nigerian people. They're always there. But this is amazing. And for before we go, because it's almost time, a lot of people don't realize that it'd be that short, but for every young Liberian girl or, oh, every black woman who might get on this thing and watch this, what is it can you tell them? What can you just leave with them today? I would say that, um, you know, if you find something that you really like 
you really enjoy doing, you know, you should just do it. Even if you feel insecure, even if you feel you're like the only person in the room that looks like you, uh, if your particular talent is a little different from, you know, the crowd or the rest of the others that you find in the room that you walk into, you should keep pursuing it. And you need to find people who will be your squad mm -hmm. and who will support you, even if you don't feel you're doing that well, uh, who will let you know, you know, what you should be doing if you're, you know, if you sort of fall off the rails and you should stick to it. I think it's really important. And, you know, and it's okay if you have to do other things to support your life. That's what I've done. I've had two pretty successful careers. I mean, it's a little crazy, <laughs> but you know, but you can do it. Um, find your voice. And I don't mean that literally, but find who you are as soon as you're able to do that, just like you do, EJ, mm -hmm. you know, speak, you know, speak in your own authentic way and don't matter, don't worry about what other people have to say. Really try to work on not worrying what other people have to say. It's very debilitating if you do. That's amazing. And this was great. I think we got to know you. I got to know you way more better than I knew you. And so I'm super <laughs> excited because now I'm like, oh, okay. I didn't forget oh, how I can hook up with her so we can get some yachts to pull up because that's the kind of life I want to live. Uh-uh-uh. I, 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 I want yachts pulling up. Like, that's the life we want. So I'm going to tell you, when these gigs start to come up and you need somebody to hold your back, oh, you see that? Like, you really busy right now. She's a whole judge and she got a whole life going on. I'm here. Are you okay. saying that you want to be my baggage carrier? I will be, you know? I will carry uh, all right, your bags. Okay. 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 So just That's let you know right now, I am ready for this because I, love I didn't experience that life. What's going on? This is what life is all about. But thank you so much. You've been oh, great. We appreciate you. you for celebrating Liberia Excellence with us. You are you are an example of what Liberia Excellence is. Um, there was no you. holding back. You have made it. Um, for some of for us who our voices we're still working on it, we will say you have made it. Okay, you have made it. You have done it. But and you. for your second career, like you said, that you're moving into, we wish you all the best of luck. And we are going to have a watch party. So just know Please that do. I, I'm going to have a watch party. And it's going to be fun. And I know it's going to be great. So I said thank you again. Please this do. Conversation with thank Dr. you. Campbell. We said thank, thank you for joining us. And you and have a, Go ahead. I was just going to say, I'm also preparing a new show. So <laughs> stay tuned for that. We're going to wait for that too. So just know that we... I'm just going to be promoting the show, but I'm I'm telling you, I'm going to have a watch party. And I know I'm going to get some of my friends to come over. And I know it by the time I tell my mom, she's going to be like, oh, yes, we are having Oh, and You already know. So that's going to happen. Yeah. But I said, thank you love. for being here with us. And have a great day. You too. Thanks, everyone. Bye-bye. Bye. Thank you. Okay, guys, like I said, this was the conversation. It's Outspoken Opinionated with Don Padmo. If you have not heard um, her music, I'm asking you to go to her, uh, her page. Her um, website page is macypadmo.com. You can get her information. You can hear about her. You can go to YouTube. You can Google her. 
what is it that you need to do but the music is out there don't forget like she said on her she is on facebook she also on instagram you can follow her you can get more information about her shows that coming up this again was the conversation i've spoken opinionated i am your host edwin meyer we are on spotify so within the next 10 minutes you will have the opportunity to download us on spotify we are on youtube the conversation i've spoken opinionated and next week for the history of liberia we have none other than the liberian historian dr boris and you guys don't miss it it's gonna be great so you guys have an amazing Thursday and I see you next week.